podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Only chance in my team like Man U. Trying to get in again. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Touchline Fracker. Today I'm joined by Rodney. How you doing? Ah, oh, brother, what a fantastic Monday <sighs> and a great weekend. <sighs> I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. You love to hear it. I can, I can actually hear. I can actually hear the smile on your face. <laughs> I'm feeling good, man. I'm, I wish we actually recorded a pod with a few other um, members of another, you know, another mm. team. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think we we could re- record with them today. Um, after what happened yesterday, um, <laughs> Nigo, how uh, how you doing? I'm relaxing, man. I'm relaxing, man. I see, I see. There was a few man on Twitter stressed today. I don't know. I think there must have been a disaster in the world or something. I see man talk about equality and fairness. I almost put on my BLM top and actually, I'm saying I didn't know what was going on. So I found out. You know, it is what it is, man. You know I'm saying one man's disaster is another man's joy. I'm feeling that mug of privilege today, man. I'm good. I'm good. Ah, yeah, you love to see it. Um, so essentially, yesterday we had our live show. Um, I think I was able to get to the bar spend by myself, as you can hear from my voice. But um, yeah, we all enjoyed it. Yeah, you were you were drunk. What what time you start drinking again? Two. 2 p.m. Um, Goodness gracious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Nigo um, Cave Dog, Mariah was there, Gaz. Um, yeah, so we were, Seb, of course, Seb was there as well. We were nicely supported. And um, it was even better because there was a gang of Arsenal fans, not just from the Touchy Gooners, but their, their supporters as well. And it was just lovely to see how the space just gradually emptied out and they all just went back. Cooling. Suddenly, man, we're busy. I heard someone got in a fight. People are all over the place. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it is what it is, but it, it is what it is. But um, obviously, thank you to everyone that came out, showed out, love for the support. Um, if you haven't listened, uh, 
live live podcast came out today so if you haven't go listen to that um but yeah let's get into what we all want to hear fourth win in a row a 3-1 victory over who would they oh, was it arsenal yeah yeah oh, some some lighting um rodney since you weren't there yesterday i'll let you go first what did you think <laughs> of the lineup when it came through? Um, no surprises. I was a bit thing about Casemiro not starting, but in hindsight, I get it, and we'll probably touch on that a little bit later. Other than Casemiro not starting, I'm not sure there were any surprises. No, there were no surprises apart from Casemiro not starting. To be honest with you. Understood Anthony coming in the lineup. I think he kind of had to, but other than that, no surprises. No, quite happy with it. Good, good. Um, and the first, um, the first half of Rodney, what did you think of it? Like, hey, listen, that first 10 15 minutes, don't gas me, bro. We were on flames. (laughs) Hey, don't gas me, bro. I've watched that 10 15 minutes about four times now. Yeah, man said he watched the full 90 minutes of the or 60 minutes of the of the 10 15. Yeah, it's different. Oh, that was some type of different football. If that is how if that is what we're supposed to look like when we're at our peak of our powers and we have everyone that was supposed uh, to Rodney, have man, Rodney, please don't lie, man. The, the Arsenal fans said that we only played counter attacking football. <laughs> and that's what they said. That must be the truth, bro. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, I'll touch on them in a little bit, but yeah, that that first 10 15 minutes that was great football. I don't think they managed to get out of there. I don't mean they managed to touch the ball, let alone really get out of the half. Um, after the 10 15 minutes, there was just like a period where Arsenal came in, and then I think we were startled a little bit, and then they got on top. And I think Martellini's goal came against the runner play, definitely a foul. Definitely yeah. a foul. I don't, I don't understand what the um big hoo-ha about it is, but obviously this is Arsenal fans and they were hyping up the referee um, having a bias before the game, so I guess that kind of led them to believe that that was an unjust decision, but it was a foul. He doesn't get nowhere near the ball. Comes from, his knee goes into the back of, I think, Ericsson's thigh. It's definitely a foul. I understand maybe it's not clear and obvious, so it shouldn't go to VRA, but it's definitely a foul. Um, In terms of, so I think that came in like the third 13th and 14th minute of the game mm. and then from then on i think arsenal grew into it and um mm. yeah it's weird because i remember there was a there was a united game time ago when um we faced roma and then we were on top all game and then i think at like the 50th minute they got a penalty they missed it then for the rest of the game after that they were just on top and with like arsenal getting that disallowed goal it gave them the confidence to be like, yeah, they can get through us. So I feel like it was very similar to that. But um, yeah, so for the next 15, 20 minutes, Arsenal were on top. Um, yeah, Nigo, definitely. Nigo, the Anthony goal. Um, I, I can't even, even lie to you. Maybe it, maybe it was the fact that I was like eight drinks deep at that point, but I thought that goal was a, a counter attack at first. Come, come to realize that um... <laughs> that was like thirty passes. 
yeah, come to realize that that, that was the end. That, that, that was the end of a very um good passing move, but I will let, let you take away with that goal. What, what, what do you think of it? I think when you speak about performance in football, you have to speak about the end result and the, re- the reverse result in terms of defending and scoring goals. I think that was a great example of both the way, you know, we won, we won the ball in the press, played the ball all the way up. Um, and I, 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 I'm not a fan of people playing the ball backwards, but when it's played backwards with intent, similar to playing the ball to the other side, right? When you can see, for instance, uh, a Martinez pass it to Varane, but sometimes it might even be his body language where Martinez might be pointing at the other side or you see it with, or you see it with just about every team, right? When they play it across to get it forward, and it's definitely intentional. That's when I'm a fan of it. I was a big fan of that move, like all 18 passes, not like individually, I just like as a collective unit. I think it, I think it was a very good goal. I think even Rashford had the composure to play it to Anthony. I think it was a good goal from Anthony. I'm, I wasn't um, I wasn't a fan of Anthony's performance. Um, he reminded me of like a a right winger, a right winger Bruno Fernandez. But I think I think he has to grow into that role because if I'm transparent with you. Anyone standing in front of what? How many people is Old Trafford? Like eighty thousand, or something, something mad like that. But anyone standing in front of thousands of people, first time, probably the first week, you know, that you've lived in a new country, that you've lived in Manchester. Obviously, he was living in um, Amsterdam before and that, burning weed and that. But first time you you've lived in this country, whatever you you perform in front of all these people. The nerves must be getting you because he was doing some horrible skills. I can't even lie to you. One time I see man flick flick his foot over the ball and that like I thought that the game was was replaying and going forward or whatever but I, I think he scored a good goal I think I think it was a it was a decent it was good for his morale so I think he'll he'll probably take more risks and better ones next time um I think the goal was good I think that the move was good I agree with you I, I dislike this whole thing that we do I think we we play with too much emotion I think it's good to have character but I don't think the character should define how you play every single time because by that, what I mean is if you look at like a Rash or you look at a Martial or um, certain of our players, they're so dictated by emotion that when the emotion is down, we look like a, a horrendous team. So after that 15 minutes or like 13 or so, when the disallowed goal happened, yeah, fair enough, Arsenal are, are a good team, but you could see that it knocked the wind out of us. And I think that's where plan comes into play. Like that's where coaching is... because. I, I always believe, like, especially if you're elite players and you're set up in a, in a in a certain way, you can carry... There's certain things you're going to do in that pitch, right, where everyone's going to say, yo, that was that was um, Ten Hag, that was Potter, that was Pep. That, I can't believe I put man's name with them, man. But that's these, man, when really it's just, yo, you're just balling out. But when it comes to that point where, okay, either emotion dies or the plan doesn't go well, or you thought a 4-3-3 was going to beat this low block, but it's not, that's when it's like, okay, cool. What's the plan? What did... Ten, what did Ten Hag tell us? He might have told them, okay, cool, take this thing out of the game, play the ball around and then push it back up. Or I don't know. That's my assumption, right? And it seemed like if that was the plan, then it, it worked to perfection where it's like, okay, cool. We just need a feel of the ball because you see it like in that first 10 minutes, when we had a feel of the ball, confident. I'm seeing McTominay making passes around the corner and I'm confused. Do you know what I'm saying? He was balling out yesterday, by the way. And then when we got, when it was after that, um, we lost the composure. It was like, okay, cool. Let's get the composure back in. It just so happened to lead to a goal in it. But obviously, good performances don't win games. You know what I'm saying? So, here's what it is, man. These Arsenal fans need to learn, man. You know what I'm saying? They're saying, you know what I'm saying? We ain't trying to do rondos. We're trying to win games, bro. You know what I'm saying? I hear that. I hear that. Um, so, 
even for the last, I think we scored in the 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30th minute. Yeah, and then and for the rest of the half, Arsenal had a lot of the ball and whatever, and um, they they were they had a lot of territory. Um, Rodney, contrast the start of the first half to the start of the second half. The second half, we was under pressure, mate. That wasn't that wasn't nice at all. That wasn't nice at all. I was watching that, thinking, "Now, nah, man, this can't be happening." Yeah, that 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 pressure that they put us under. They've, do you know, I don't want to say too much good things about Arsenal Football Club because I can't fucking stand them. But the way they move the ball through their phases and they get the ball into the penalty box and. The, what Jesus was doing to Varane and Martinez, what Saka was having a good period in that second half, first 10-15. Yeah, that, that looked like a really good team. And I was thinking, boy, we need another here. We need another goal. And then um, that pressure that pressure got too much. I think Varane gave the ball away. And they just broke on... They didn't even break on us. They were just high up on the pitch, pressed... Ryan gave the ball away into Odegaard, who think slipped it through to Jesus, but Dallo got a touch. The ricochet comes out to Saka and he slots it home. At that point, you're thinking, Arsenal have been on top for, what, 15 minutes now? It's now 1-1. Yeah. they got their tails up. We're in trouble here. And they just shown that they just shown that Old Trafford stat as well. I was a bit... Yeah, a bit... you know what? I hate when they show that stat. Yeah, so that stat where we've never... When we've been in front at half-time and never lost the game, I was thinking, fuck. These managers are coming to bust like all these records, bro. Yeah, They're yeah. They're coming to bust down all our good records. Apparently, that 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 record extends all the way back to '86. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, is, so it was, this is before for Fergie for as well. Yeah, I thought it was gone. Honestly, I thought at that yeah, time same. where it was one-one and Arsenal were like they were playing so well. I hope none of the touchy goons lot listen to this because that. No, I think if they had common sense, I think they win that game. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll probably touch on that further on past the goal. But yeah, Saka, Saka, Saka makes it 1-1. And then I think even before, I think we scored like maybe 66, 67th minute or whatever. Yeah, but those six minutes after the goal, that was that, our goal was still against the run of play. So it was like that second goal needed to come, needed to come. Um, needed to come. And it was, it was, it was a, it was a well-worked goal. I, you know, I, when Bruno touched that ball, I was thinking... He's got a lot of pitch and he's got a lot to aim at and Rashford's run's good. He's going to fuck it up. <laughs> that was, that, that's what I thought. In my head, I was thinking, nah, he's going to fuck it up. And then um, he didn't. It was a fantastic pass, actually. Great pass. And Rash does what Rash does when he's through 1v1. Um, it was interesting because just before the soccer goal, um, Anthony came off for Ronaldo. Um um and I think because it he just I think he's just like trading on like Thursday or Friday. Um yeah. he's been striking at Ajax and stuff like that. So he hadn't been really training as much in the past three weeks, so it made sense. Mm. And then Ronaldo came on and it meant Rashford out left again. Back to the left, yeah. And we saw what happened with that versus Liverpool and very similar ha- happened again against Arsenal. But um, even after the Rashford goal, Fred comes on, and Nigo, do you think that was like a very important 
important change in terms of getting control back into the midfield because vital, vital. I think every time I saw us touch the ball, um, in the second half prior to I think it was around 67 when Fred came on, yeah, it looked like it was just accidental clearances. Like every time he was touching the ball, it was just yo, save me, whatever. And one thing I like about Fred, it sometimes it's delusional, more sometimes it's intentional, is he's composed, like he'll make a decision. Like even when you saw like near the very, very end when he tried to get that pass through to Ronaldo, a lot of our, our centre mids prior to when Casemiro came would have probably seen that as an opportunity to pass back or to just hold the ball on on the um, on the side. And I think what essentially Ten Hag sent him out to do was listen. We need the ball. That's all. Like right now, we just need the ball. We don't need to clear the ball. We need to hold on to the ball. And I think it was a big difference, especially because I think we were two one up when Fred came on. So when Ronaldo came on, the great thing is it unleashed Rashford on that left, and you had um, Ronaldo playing deep. I don't know if it's by choice or just because he couldn't keep up, or whatever. But you had um, uh, Saliba and then man trying to hold on to Ronaldo. And Rashford could just run run through that channel behind Ben White as he did. Um, so I think the Ronaldo sub helped the game. I, I don't know if that was intentional. The Fred one was definitely intentional. And it killed them off, man. My personal opinion, I think. I can't lie, even at 2-1, I was, I was like, they don't... The, the one thing about um, when Arsenal talk about that in the last two seasons when they talk about great performances, like they did this last season with Man City where they're like, oh, great performance, great performance. They don't look like they're going to score. They look like they're just dangerous. I can't explain, like, it sounds like it makes no sense, but it's like any team that has the ball around our six-yard box or or the penalty area, is it's a, it's a threat. It has to be a threat. But it reminds me of like, do you remember back in the days when it was like Arsenal wouldn't score unless they passed the ball into the net? And then there was a stage where they didn't have those finishers. So it just looked like great football inside the final third of other teams, but they weren't finishing off teams. That's where it seems like they are all over again. And I think the, the perfect... Anyways, let me not get to that part because it's later on in the game. But yeah, man, I think... Um, yeah, I think I think the substitution has changed everything. I can't lie. So the thing is with Fred came, Fred came on for Sancho. Um, Rash was on the left. Ronaldo was up front. So it meant that Bruno was out wide. Um, and then... Ericsson went number 10 and then Fred was there with McTominay. Um, Rodney, we've seen this a lot with Ten Hag where when we're trying to control a game, he's essentially putting Bruno out wide. Um, yeah. Is I think that... he understands the assignment, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah what should I elaborate, bro? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I think that he, I think that he finished the question. So I thought he was. Yeah, gonna... yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was, but I was basically gonna say, um, what do you think of like he's 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 keep he keeps putting Bruno out wide in in all the game better controls of game while while we're in the league. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, like I said, he understands the assignment, and I think eventually, um, I doubt Bruno is gonna be in our strongest lineup. Maybe at the moment, if he's he's got Ericsson playing alongside McTominay or whatever and it's just a needs must maybe when Casemiro comes in Ericsson drops further up the field and you maybe don't see Bruno unless he is you won't see him on the right anymore because of Anthony he probably doesn't come in the lineup if I'm honest with you because it doesn't make sense that you believe when you're trying to control games and you're trying to get a foothold in the game or you're trying to keep possession slow things down that you move a player that you start in the game to try and do those things and move him out wide when you need those things actually done 
So to me, I think he understands that Bruno is probably a negative in in that scenario. And if you want to win games, you can't always you can't always win them how we beat Arsenal. You're going to need that level of control anyway, where we keep possession, where we keep things ticking over, recycling the ball. And Bruno just doesn't do that. To be honest with you, this season he hasn't been too bad. Arsenal's put, yes, yesterday wasn't a bad performance, but I think it's just it's just a thing with him. I think he gave under he gave the ball away a few times under pressure, a few silly passes, and you can't really do that against a good team, because a team that can get the ball from back to front as Arsenal do, you're in trouble, man. You're in trouble. And I agree with Nigo; they didn't really look threatening in the sense that they were creating loads of chances, but the turnovers from possession meant Bruno's had to go wide. And then when you had Fred and McTominay, we got more of a foothold in that game because obviously Fred's like a, a defensive eight almost. I don't even know what he does, but whatever he did, it, it certainly worked because we got we got more of the ball and we were able to counter a lot. But yeah, Bruno going out wide when you need, like you said, Elijah, you need possession. It's telling, it's telling. And um, what he does going forward in like when, we're, when we get back into the Champions League, when we play bigger games or when we play smaller teams, what he does... Who knows, man? But I think he gets the assignment. Speaking of Bruno, um, it's a good segue because the third goal, um, the pass that put Ericsson through on goal essentially was from Bruno being out in that wide position. Mm. But um, Nigo, um, did you think that goal was coming or like it was just a mouth? It was just a mile of time before we got. Yeah, like, yeah. If, if anything, I kind of thought we should have finished off by more, not because I thought we had more possession or because we deserve to. I just think teams are strangely naive against um, literally the same move we've been doing for like four years. Like, and it's always strange to see it happen. Like, okay, you're chasing a goal. Fair enough. Why the? Why do you have like? If I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm asking. Arteta, I'm even asking my players because you lot have access to YouTube. Why do I have all of my centre mids and my and my centre backs, um, Bar Ben White, all on the left side of the pitch when we all know that as soon as Bruno gets this ball, I watched Bruno do it against um, RB Leipzig, where um, you know that that goal where they thought it was offside. I think we battered them like five 0 or five one or something. Yeah, and uh, Rashford did a run from the halfway line and and they gave the goal. And if you look at that goal, Bruno doesn't see Rashford. It's just common sense in his head. He's like, as soon as I get this ball, um, RB are, are pushing up to try and get the goal. We can turn them over. Rash is going to be in that channel on the left side. And he's racing whoever's there. And it seemed like you, you. I started to see it where it was like, okay, they're just leaving him. Like, And if they think that Ben White is catching him in a foot race, oh my days, I've got some magic beans to sell you. Like, it's not... So, I to, even when I'm watching the game, because if I'm honest, because they had so much possession, I wasn't even seeing their half for a while. But whenever I would, I'm like, yo, like this is one pass. Like, even after 3-1, if you keep watching that game, if it happens again, blood, they didn't want they didn't want they didn't want that win, man. They just wanted they wanted to have pass completions and possession or something, man. They didn't want that win, but yeah, I thought it was coming for sure, man. Yeah, they made I think their manager. Made, made a few mistakes, man, and I and I fucking love it. <laughs> I fucking, it's you can see bro. the veins in my arms. <laughs> I love it, man. I fucking um, love it. Just before the Real Madrid goal, he made three changes. Where ridiculous subs, ridiculous subs. I think Martinelli was playing left, left back. back. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it was a very it was very strange changes. Like your your favorite player, Rodney Fabio Vieira, came on. Um, <laughs> uh, and you know what? He came on and he did he did all right actually. Yeah, did, I don't know did. if his Odegaard was so um absent or a lack of a goal for it and he just doesn't shoot why we noticed Vieira so much, but he came on and he did all right actually. Yeah. Well um yeah, those changes did and then even after that, Nigo spoke earlier about the pass that Fred um didn't quite get right for Ronaldo. There was the yeah. Bruno, there was the Bruno chance as well. That's um, a difficult pass for Fred. Yeah, it is. Because we've seen Fred try try, try play that pass before. You know mm. the Tomlin goal versus Man City. Yeah, that's he. He tried to play that pass for one, and then we went through to to Edison. So he's not good at that type of pass. Um, yeah. and then there was the Bruno chance as well, where he tried to chip the goalkeeper. Um, yeah. after but, after he made made a mistake. We should have played it to Ronaldo on the right. Really. Yeah, and then there was, and and then there was another time in the box where uh. Bruno gets it in the box, and if he squares it um, quicker, Ronaldo's there for a tackle. Yeah. So it could yeah. actually could have been a lot more convincing. Um, yeah, it could have. It could have. So, in terms of what what I would like to ask is that these past four games, we've seen a difference in terms of compared to preseason. It was very much focused on being on pro on progressive principles like pressing from the front um mm. play, play playing out the back that it that inverted fullbacks but since Brentford it's become much more similar to what you, you would see of like what we saw two years ago in terms of the 4-2-3-1 mid mid to low block and then countering it into space do you think yeah. do you think Ten Hag's just doing this in, all, in order to get wins on the table, or is this something where he's like, um, this is going to be the way I play with this team for the rest of the, well, maybe the rest of the season? No, I think at this point in time, with Martial injured, Casemiro yet to come in the team, Anthony, um, obviously it's the first game that he said doesn't train much. I think he's pretty much needs must. And this is what and this is what a manager has to do. You've got to work with you've got to get the strengths out of the players you have in your team and you've got to adapt. And I think earlier on in those first two games, more now than ever, I believe he tanked those games to get money out of the Glazers because <laughs> how can you be that stubborn in the first two games where you don't where you don't go to a, a back three or you don't do things to try and solidify and keep us keep us in games? And then in the next three games you're working so hard at getting the strength out of the players that you have in the team. So, like you said, he's working more on counter play because that's what he's got in the team. He's got Rashford's pace. He's got Bruno and Eriksson's passing. He's got um, great defensive, a great defensive pair in Varane and Martinez. And like you said, the wingers are doing well. So he's working with what he's got. I do believe that when others come into the team, we should see more more of a, a footballing aspect to when especially when Martial comes in I would definitely like to see more of a um, footballing aspect what we saw in the first 10 15 10 to 15 minutes that's what I expect but at the moment I think the counter-attacking thing especially the teams that we've played in those games that he's done that Liverpool Arsenal like those are big those are big teams that give you space in behind and they are ball dominant against us so those that 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 tactic works 
And Arsenal were very naive in the second half when they brought on those subs. And Liverpool play a high line anyway. So those those tactics just made sense. It'll be interesting to see how he does it against Palace. Because Palace almost play exactly the same way. Because they've got a lot of um, pace in their team. And a 1,001 wingers. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with Palace and whether Casemiro comes in. If Martial is fit and what he does. Whether Sancho sits down. Because uh, apart from the first 10 minutes, that... That was um, shocking, shocking, well, well below, well below what you expect of him. And now that everybody's up in their level, when you do have standout performances and the managers getting the wins, Sancho doesn't really have a rock to hide behind with those performances. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see when everybody's fit and players who aren't playing well now come out of the team. So we'll see. But yeah, at the moment, I think it's just the players he's got available and the strengths in the team, and also the opposition we've played. Cool. Um, I just want to talk about a few individual performances. Um, I'll start with everyone's man of the match, Christian Eriksen. Um, considering the performance against Brentford, how much better was he in that role yesterday? Because I can't lie, I just didn't expect what I what I've, what I saw of him to be honest i think i think he did great i saw a stat just before the game that um he ran more than he's run so far this season more than any other man united player yeah and i think today was very indicative of that i think um especially the rashford goal i think rashford's second goal was rashford's second goal the ericsson pass yeah yeah um i think that was a perfect example right um um, going straight for I think from from the run was started near the halfway line and, and all the way down and, and he was obviously Rashford had to keep pace with him to stay on side. I think he had a great performance and I, I said it yesterday at the event where some people paid to watch their team lose. Um, <laughs> I, I said, um, "Man, man, are, man, are paying for disappointment, but it is what it is." Man, it was a yeah, great man, event. I'm saying, come again, watch your team get smoked again, but. Um, I said it yesterday, when you get two goals and an assist and you don't end up as man of the match, it it's either two things. It either says something about your performance or it says something about the performance of the person who got man of the match. And I think Rashford had a really good game, but Ericsson, and funny enough, Bruno, but Ericsson was part of every single goal. Um, and just about almost everything that went good for us, I think. I think he he was allowed a level of freedom that we haven't seen our midfielders have in years. And that came from Bruno usually being in front of him. Um, but, you know, Bruno harboring all the mistakes, as he does. Um, and McTominay actually being a DM um, or like at least a midfielder that, you know, is, is breaking up plays, which we haven't really seen until Casemiro get, got bought. It kind of reminds me of when... Um, Tellers came in and sure remembered he was a left back. Um, mm. And so I think Ericsson had a really, really good game. Um, I think I think he's shining because he's got footballers around him. Like he, Martinez is, is breaking the lines to get to Ericsson. And then Ericsson is taking those chances or, or keeping the, the clock ticking. So yeah, I think he had a great game. And you mentioned him um, before, Rodney McTominay. Um, wow. What 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 a perform! He has, you know what? My memory isn't the best, but I think he he does show, in some of the big games. It's that's where he saves his best performances for 
I'm sure Man he's City. had a few big performances against big teams in the league. Yeah, and this Man was City. another. This Man was City, Chelsea, I remember, in the League Cup. Um, yeah, this was another great performance, man. I mean, you don't expect much from him, and I don't know if it's because you don't expect much that, yeah, this is being overrated, but, mate, he was picking up the ball, he was recycling play, he was okay, he was good under the press, and then get closing gaps in the team, and he was getting on, he was tackling... It was a great performance, and he was even threading balls through. Sometimes it was it was a good, and he covered quite a bit of ground. It was a good performance, and it needed to be. It needed to be. I think they definitely won that midfield battle against midfield. Sorry, midfield battle against um, Shaka and is it Zambi? Zambi? What is what's his name? Lokonga. Yeah, yeah. That those two there is probably the that was a bad midfield. So it wasn't really hard for McTominay and um, Ericsson to dominate that. But McTominay did really well, man. And I think it, it makes sense, like I was saying earlier in the pod, touching on Casemiro, why maybe he isn't getting into the team at the moment. Because when he came on, I'm sure we'll touch on that when you ask a question about Casemiro, it, it, it didn't, he, didn't, he didn't look fit. And McTominay's playing so well in these last two, three, two, three games. That maybe you can't really drop him, which is absolutely insane to say. I never yeah. thought I'd be saying undroppable, but that's where we are. It was a great performance. Great performance. Um, you have to touch on the debut boy, Anthony. Um, I'm, I'm not, I remember. Nigo said just before you scored, you scored the first goal, he was doing the, the stupid shit with his um feet. Um, if you if you were at the live show, you would have seen the reaction where Mariah literally fell to, to fell to his knees and looked up to to the sky to ask why. Um, yeah. Um, just to both of you, what did you think of his uh fifty eight minutes on Sunday? Brazilian Bruno Fernandes, man. <laughs> if I'm honest with you, as I said, like, I can't judge him too hard because, listen, thousands of people debut Old Trafford. You just secure generational wealth for your people. Do you know what I'm saying? Everyone's out of the streets now. Look, you hear sirens in the background. You know what I'm saying? They, they, wanted, to give me, they wanted to give you them. Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo. That performance. I, do you know what? I've, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to pass any judgment on Anthony in the sense of that I'm overwhelmed with opinions of everybody else of how bad he is or how hello yo yo can you hear me lad yeah 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 yeah. so there's so many opinions around Anthony that obviously from people that have watched him people maybe who are making unfair or maybe unjust assessment so i'm trying not to be too critical of him in this first i don't know couple months but it wasn't a great performance um i don't want to liken it to bruno but it, like nigga did but it is uh, it is similar it's similar he was he was spamming crosses in and like they weren't going nowhere shots over the top maybe it was just enthusiastic it's his debut it's a big game to play in your debut like you said he hasn't really trained much doesn't really know his teammates well but it, it, it was it wasn't great, and if that's what we've got to come, and we're just, then just be thankful we got a um, left-footed right winger. 
But um, yeah, I'm not gonna judge it. I'm not gonna judge him based on what others have said. So, but it wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a great. It wasn't a great 50, 60 minutes, whatever it was. Yeah, I ju- I think he was really shit. I think he was. Yeah, just... I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to go too hard on the lad because because of, of all the context around it around it all. But it 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 wasn't great, man. It reminds me of like when um you're not a good player and your missus comes to watch you, so you're just trying bare things and nothing's coming off. Like it reminded me a little bit of that. But I, I don't know. I don't want to say too much on him. I won't. I won't. I won't call him rubbish. But yeah, yeah it wasn't you great. Man, you man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. Pogba came and did the thing, man. Him and Anthony <laughs> Bridgens and that. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm looking under my floor and that. I'm seeing hyenas and them things. It's getting yeah, spooky. Yeah. My bad. I'm saying I heard sirens and then, and then nothing was working. I said, yeah, man. Yeah, he said, don't speak on the anointed and that. Do you know what I'm saying? But anyways, yeah, flipping. Yeah, Anthony. Big up Anthony, man. The GOAT, man. You know what I'm saying? The greatest of all time. You know what I'm saying? I said, reincarnation of Ronaldinho and them things. You know what I'm saying? But, um... No, I think Anthony was um if he'd been in our squad for like six months and this was his performance, I'd give that like a 5.5 5 out of 10. Do you know what I'm saying? I might give it a six because he got the goal. Um, but if I'm transparent for a debut, 22 years old, thousands of people, it was decent, man. Obviously, we know he can do more than what he did. He was frightened of Zinchenko, absolutely petrified. Every time he went up to Zinchenko, he said, Yeah, let me spin back, man. Um, yeah, but Saying that, Zinchenko is one of the the only left backs in the league where you don't have to be particularly quick to beat him. So the fact that he kept turning down that one v one, even if yeah, but you know my biggest fear is yeah, mm-hmm. wingers in our team. I don't know if they come. As, are we allowed to swear? Yeah, of course. Okay, I don't know if they come as pussyos or they just become pussyos. Because I see, man, Rash when he first started. I'm not calling him. I'm not calling him a pussy or whatever. But Rash when he first started, he was on it against anyone. To be fair to him, had the injury, maybe that. You know what I'm saying surgery, maybe that changed things. I think he lost a yard of pace. Sancho looked like he was. I've never thought he was fast. I think he's quite slow, funny enough. But um, at least he was always going at people in Germany and in the Champions League. Even if people want to talk about other oh, Premier League's more tense, even in the Champions League, he was always going at people. And now he does the turn back. Um, Anthony, I, you know, hopefully he wasn't, he wasn't watching Rash and Sancho comps. But yeah, man, I think he did all right for, for a young boy coming on his debut. My worry is that he's not coming in as an academy player. Like he's not coming in as a, you know, like a Malassia where he sort of like, with Malassia, you're not talking about the price, right? You're just yeah. like, oh, this boy's got tenacity. Da, da, da. If, if Malassia made a mistake, you'll be like, oh, it is what it is. I think the problem is, is you are now coming in, Anthony, you're coming in as our, as our star signing. You will more than likely be starting week in, week out. More than, At the very least, Malassi uh, had those three weeks to watch um, Shaw and them things, you know what I'm saying, and see, oh, rah, these man ain't levels, this is what they're doing wrong, da-da-da-da-da. Anthony's going to have to learn on the job because I believe our front three is going to be uh, rash... Basically, the front three we saw yesterday, and I think when Martial's fit, it's going to be Rashford, Martial down the middle, Anthony on the right, because Ten Hag keeps talking about the left-footed right winger and how much Sancho and Rash prefer playing on the left. And if I'm honest, the intensity between Rash and Sancho is night and day. At least Rash is going to run at man 
so yeah, big up Anthony on his debut and and yeah, man, one of the greatest players, Pogba, leave me alone, man. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I I don't like Anthony. I don't really particularly. Really <laughs> like him, so, um, man ain't even giving him three weeks or nothing, bro. Nah, nah, man, nah, man. I mean, look, I hope he proves me wrong, but yesterday is what I expect to see most of the time. I can't lie to you, but hopefully he proves me wrong. Um. We have we have to speak about Rashford, um, two goals, um, an assist as well. Um, if you saw Sebi yesterday, you would, would have seen he wasn't only sweating because it was a sweat box. He was sweating because he was celebrating that much. Um, when when Rash got the goals, um, Rodney, what did you think of his overall overall performance there? Um. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> so, when you... I just, it's a difficult one with Rash because obviously he scored he scored twice and he's got an assist, but there's still so much I can be so critical of. I don't think he worked hard enough when he was up top and mm. off the ball. I don't think he was, he was particularly pressing those who were trying to play out the back at um, Arsenal Football Club. <laughs> It just there just wasn't much there from him. It's up top. He was there. It was a nothing performance. Like he wasn't in the game until he went out to the um, till he went out into wide areas. Aside from obviously the assist that he got, there I don't think there was much that he did. I'll be really honest with you. I don't. I, maybe I'm being harsh on him, but I don't remember when he was up top. I don't remember there being much. And I was thinking this guy just needs to go back onto the left wing and just get Ronaldo on. Which is which says something, and this is the second game in a row I've said that in my head. Which says something about Rashford's game up top. He's just not suited to play up top, and it's not a fault of his own. Like the managers asked him to play there, he's going to play there, and then when he went out wide, you could see that's where he belongs. It's like sometimes we forget play it when players have their positions that they're playing. They have pitches, they have moves, they have instincts from those positions, and also the players around you know what you can do left as compared to up top. So it just, it, do, it doesn't suit him playing up top. And you can just, you can see that. But when he went wide and the subs that Arteta made and the, the way the game went, it just, it played into his hands. These big games really do play into his hands because there's a lot of space for him to operate in. It'd be interesting to see him play left when we're playing teams that sit in to see what exactly he can do. Because as I remember, these poor these poor 18 months that he's had, he's not been able to beat his man. So it'd be interesting to see in a low block what exactly he can do on the left. And if Martial's back for um, Palace, he's obviously going to play left. So we'll, we'll see. But it wasn't it wasn't great up top. But do you think for control? Left, do you think for uh, control you'd rather? For, do you think for control of the game you'd rather? Sancho on the left and Rashford. No, 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 no. I never. I don't want to. I don't want to see Sancho in the uh, starting eleven. I really don't want. I don't care. There's, there's control, but he doesn't. He, there's so much that comes with Rashford's performance when he's at it. But if you ask me what comes with a good Sancho performance, it's not enough. It's really not enough, man. And um. So we can get control elsewhere. We can get we're gonna to have to find control elsewhere because I wanted to touch on that Sancho performance. It's pathetic. 
I think I already said it, in fact. It's just, it was so bad. So Apart from the 10 minutes, I don't think he did anything. He looks heavy, tired. It's just so poor. So poor. Even Rashford, that is worse, should be starting over him. And that, that is so mad. When we signed Sancho, a lot of it was he was supposed to bring that control, that extra pass, that just that little bit more quality. And so far, he's, he's not really brought that. He's not. I don't know what it is with him. I don't know if his head's not really, his head's not really in the game. But he he said something. I don't know if it was after Liverpool or Arsenal. He said in his interview, he feels really good. He feels like he's doing the right things. But to be honest with you, on the pitch, I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing that. Yeah, at I saw all. that. He was talking about. Um, he's actually had a preseason this time, and he's getting to know his players and etc. Yeah, like there's no self awareness there. Like, does he watch the tapes back? Because aside from 10 minutes, I promise you, I actually don't know what that guy did. I can't tell you one thing that he did. I don't know if it's because, like, emotions took over my, the game and I'm just I'm not focusing on the game as I would if it wasn't Arsenal, but I don't remember Sancho doing anything. So, I think it's weird because we, we spoke about those 10, 15 minutes and how good it was. And for me, Sancho was quite involved in that. But when it was time where we were under pressure, sitting back, and it was more of a game where we're playing on the counter, it was just out of the game. Barely saw him before he went went off. Um, yeah, but it it's like like someone said before about you'll be interested to see what Rashford does in a low block and compare it to Sancho. It's just going to be interesting because it feels like Anthony has that right wing tied down for at least six months and and he will have to play his way out of the team um and then we have marshall and ronaldo up top so it's literally going to be a competition between sancho and rashford and even before yesterday a lot of people were saying rashford would be the one to come out the team um rather than sancho but now now with the two goals i think it's back to Rashford having that starting berth and it will probably be Sancho that drops out once Martial's fit. Um, mm. But yeah, and the last person I would want to talk about, um, he was a sub, came on for full 14 minutes, um, Maguire. Oh. Um, oh. There's actually a listener's questions about that. Let me get it. So, um, just just so we can have a conversation. If that game went on longer, like five minutes longer, he would have been sent off. <laughs> That's crazy to think. Yes, this one's from Jack Wilson 95. Where does Maguire's cameo yesterday rank with some of the worst we've seen at the club? Oh, man, no. I've seen some really bad ones. I've seen some Rashford cameos that are just fucking... I've seen some really, really bad ones. Really bad Rashford, ones. Rashford versus Atletico, Pogba versus Oh, Liverpool. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably one of the worst to memory that I've <laughs> ever seen. Fred has some as well. But um, I, you know, I want to give Maguire the benefit of the doubt to say that's not an easy game to come into. It's, oh. re- it's, it's not the easiest game to come into, especially when you're not a player of quality as he is and he hasn't played. Like, he's not been playing. So, there are factors behind that cameo. And I'm sure there are factors behind Rashford, the Freds, and whoever else cameos that have been poor. But, yeah, it wasn't great, was it? <laughs> but like I said, I mean, if, he, if he played longer, he would have been sent off. I mean, I mean, he, pro- he could have 
given away a pen. Got he got a yellow card within a minute of coming on. Yeah, um, he's just that was pathetic. Do you know? Um, do, you know do you know? I think was you can you guys can hear me, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think was behind Maguire's performance. This is my assumption, right? He's been left out of the team, and I think a lot of times pundits and even fans simplify what the uh, defining changes are. So I think what he's seen is everyone's praising Martinez, Varane, Malassia, and even Dallo for their intensity, aggression, et cetera, et cetera. But that takes skill. So when you see Varane doing a mad last-minute part, um, last-minute uh, tackle, or it reminds me of like a Fabinho like stopping the game and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These things, of course, they come across as aggressive, but they're controlled aggression. So Varane knows exactly where the ball is. And he might leave that little bit extra on it to show you, like, yo, there's no way. Like, I'm so certain I'm getting the ball. I'm making sure this is going at least 20 yards away. So I think this is my assumption. Again, I could be wrong. I think Maguire's come back in and essentially in his head, he's thought, right, if I show that heart, spirit, aggression, they'll love me. But you need the ability, the self-awareness and the awareness of where the ball is to do these things and to be aware of how big you are, blood. Like when you're pushing people at your your at your big size, it's looking it's looking criminal. Like it's looking like a crime. Do you get it? Like I was even like, "Yo, man, ref, stop the game, man. Like let's all chill out. Let's all take a break, innit? Like so, I think on Maguire's side, in his head, he thought again, it's an assumption. Let me go on with aggression. Let me go on with tenacity. They'll appreciate me, but he doesn't have the skill set for it. Um, yeah, it was, it was actually very terrible. It was just really shit. Um, also people didn't like the fact the way he ran straight over to, um, Bruno to grab the armband off him as well. I was people, how he got it. So, it. so he went to Bruno. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he ran straight to Bruno to grab it off him. Yeah, um, pe people weren't exactly happy about that. Felt that that seems a strange reason to be unhappy, but whatever. Um, but yeah, he was really shit, and it, it actually would have been nice to see him get sent off if he still won the game. But that's just the hate in my heart. Um, yeah, I mean, fourth win in a row now. Um, or up to fifth. Can um, I can I make a prediction before we move on? What what type of a prediction? Um, when when when's Touchy Gunas up? Uh, Thursday. It'll be longer than this pod. Oh, mate, that no. pod is that Touchy Gunas pod is gonna be just there. You need a thesaurus for it. There's gonna be <laughs> different stats on it. There's gonna be right. there. There's only there's only three of us here. This whole pod, we've been relaxed. Yeah. I've never seen a fan base yet. You see, like even when United lose, yeah, we have long conversations about. How shit we were and, and who needs to change and da da da. Mm. Like these men have discussed every external factor possible for the last twenty four hours. Like they're and quite insane. Huh? They're quite insane. Honestly, like gone. No, 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 I was agreeing with you. I was agreeing with you. Yeah, but I'm going on a tier. I'm seeing threads of just bare madness. I'm thinking. It's very easy to break down what happened in that game and why they lost. Like, it's really not that big a deal, but I'm seeing bare, bare dissertations of madness. It's worrying when your manager comes out after a game. Again, he might be he might be giving full tactics to his team. I don't know. We're not in them dressing rooms. 
But I find it worrying as a Man United fan. If my manager was to come out after, like I knew Mourinho was done when he started going into the textbook excuses and talking about his his um what he's won, etc. I knew he was done then. Yeah, at United, I'm not saying done as a manager. So with Arteta after the game, all he kept talking about was refereeing decisions and all these things. When you start, when you only talk about the things you can't control, it's wor- it's worrying because the things you can control are those players on the pitch. And you have watched Rashford do the same thing for five years. Arteta, you were a player. You've watched Man United do this exact... We've been winning with the exact same goals against Arsenal for like 15 years straight. Ronaldo champion. <laughs> like, we've been doing this yeah. for, for years. For, and you, man, ain't learned because you're still saying, yeah, it must be referee. That cup could have been a couple yellows on either side more. Could have been a red on either side. It is what it is, bro. You play on, you... You you speak about the things you can control. Refs are refs, bro. They're gonna make mistakes either way. Do you know what I'm saying? But these man speak like victims united and that, bro. Yeah, I can't I can't stand them. Whenever I see their threads of just and I'm having to Google words and that look at stats <laughs> and bruv, I fucking hate them. I hate um, them with a passion. Um, I feel like we, we actually do need to speak about the build up to the game, which seemed like a week long um PR campaign to try to influence the referees, not oh, from the managers, from the from fans. Arsenal fans. They were Googling where Paul Tierney he's from Wigan. Uh he supports Wigan, but they say he's lying because he doesn't he wants to be able to referee Man United games. Um <laughs> they also Googled where the the VAR guy was from. Um they, they, there was also a TikTok comp that's going around a minute long of all of the decisions they felt were wrong in that game yesterday. And they were even bringing up the um, Pizzagate game, saying um, this is what usually happens at Old Trafford and stuff like that. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Because I can't lie, it made me very, very happy to see. Yeah. I think that, that, that TikTok is a perfect example of what they do, yeah? These men can only see this. Like, all right, football is a game of mistakes. Referees, players, everyone, right? Of course, you have VAR, which is meant to eliminate more mistakes, and I agree with that, yeah? But what Arsenal fans tend to do is they isolate everything that's happened to them. So I understand why they think they're victims, because they can't see anything else. Like, the exact decision that um, they got the disallowed goal against yesterday, they would... I saw fans talk, I saw them talking about it's, it's never happened in Premier League football. Blood, last season we played Tottenham, McTominay fouled um Son. They 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 ruled McTominay fouled Son. We went we went on to score, nothing was given. Referee had to come back, look at it, disallowed goal. Son scored literally a minute later. I think it might have been two minutes max after um Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, after he took the free hit. So the premise is when you when you pay attention to both sides, are there are there decisions I watch sometimes and I'm like, oh right, we got lucky there. Or like for instance, I remember uh, we scored um, after full time with Brighton. If we didn't get that, I would have said, ah, oh, fair. Do you know what I'm saying? Game's over. I didn't know there was a rule that allowed that. Do you know what I'm saying? But uh, other way around, I'm also looking at games like, right, Lekwonga could have got sent off, but it's cool that he's not. It doesn't really stress me. Like, Saka, if you go down and so the referee doesn't give a pen, so that means he has to give that it was a dime. He didn't give a yellow or nothing. It is what it is. We move on, bro. Like, like decisions go our way. Decisions go again. Even when we're losing or winning, it doesn't matter. But these men are so focused. I think they think that they're the golden child of the Premier League with less titles than two clubs already. Do you know what I'm saying? They're, they're just... Hilarious. And the funniest part is I was, I, was, I was saying it to someone earlier. 
Like when I look at the TL, it's not even Man United fans celebrating. It's Arsenal fans talking about what could have been and how they outplayed. You can't say you outplayed man and you're just a rondo, bro. Like no free shots on target. I think last time I put it is the perfect way to explain. I think I said it earlier. Last minute, Gabriel Jesus was dribbling in his own box to get the ball up to Enketia. I think if you are the better team, then you understand that your your centre backs are going to get that ball for you. But Jesus himself is looking at this like, blood, you men are not serious, blood. So, that man can have all the excuses. I love it. The reason I love it is because you haven't, we've been scoring the same goal against you for 15 years. But because you're so focused on the referees, you're not doing nothing about it. So, if you're worried about them again, do it again, blood. Next season, it might be Anthony doing them, them runs behind your defenders, bro. We, we'll pick a wing on, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it, um, it was quite, it's kind of, it was very interesting you spoke about the shots on target because um, also, um, I looked at the, the expected goals for the game, which basically averages out um, essentially when the shot's taken, how likely it is to go in the net. Um, ours over the game was 1.47. Theirs was 1.53. So essentially... Not much. Yeah. There was basically a very little difference in the terms of the, the chances that we created. We were just more clinical. So for all the possession... We were essentially more efficient with the ball, but um, apparently, and apparently they got two world class um forwards. So yeah, yeah, I mean, they can have the um performance on points. We got the knockout win, so yeah, that's that's how it is. Um, dickheads. I, so I, I didn't get to um. I didn't. Get to dickheads. I know. Blood. I didn't get a chance to um touch on what they were doing on the TL all week. Yeah, <laughs> me. I saw everything they was doing, all the like the the forty nine match, um, that run that we ended, all of that. I've seen all all week. I was thinking, you man are big dickheads, the <laughs> biggest dickheads. I didn't say anything because I thought maybe we would get touched. I actually called three one earlier on in the pod, but that um, last pod, so that was just my talking from the heart where I couldn't give Arsenal anything. But I didn't say anything purely because I thought, nah, I'm not confident here. But all week I was seeing them. Chatting off their mouth, just talking bare smack, and now they're on the TL crying, doing their dissertations with their long words and their useless stats. Yeah, big dickheads, they're big dickheads. And when they listen to this, I hope, I hope they rewind this, play it again, rewind it, play it again, and target me the next time we play them. You are big dickheads. <laughs> and I hope you do this all week your dissertations and whatever else you're gonna do. Yeah. I'd, so I don't. I'm not gonna name their names. There's some Arsenal lot from Touchy Gooners who I don't follow. Who I just go on their timelines just to see their <laughs> threads. <laughs> and it's, it's so funny because like it's articulated amazingly well. Like I, so I'm reading this like fuck, you know, like this is sick. Wish I could talk like this after a loss, but well, <laughs> I said, wish I could talk like wish this. I could talk like this after a loss, but fuck oh, them. I'm so happy. No accountability, like no account. Like there's one team in the league who I want. Two teams in the league who I want us to be every season is Arsenal and Liverpool. And Ten Hag, if he does nothing else this season, he's giving me that. He's giving me that. Because I haven't even I haven't even gone in on Arsenal fans to, on the timeline today. I've said a few bits and pieces, touched on um, Jesus's lack of goal for it, and just to wind up a few few fans that I've been going back and forth with in the summer. But I haven't even really 
bantered them or anything seen, like that. I've I've never seen a team PR losses like Arsenal in my life. Like it, they took that first half performance against Man City throughout the entire season. Yeah, okay. they're gonna take this one as well. Pathetic, you They're gonna beat. So I don't know. They're gonna beat a flipping. They're gonna beat Nottingham Forest in like two months and be like, yeah, this is what we was meant to do to United. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, punks. <laughs> You lost. Haha. <laughs> Keep doing your rondos, man. Yeah, but what what else have you said after that? Um, hold that. Big hold that. heads. Arsenal get battered everywhere they go. That's what we were singing all of yesterday, and it's still happening for twenty years, bro. Twenty years. But I, right, bro, who was the guy? There was a guy <laughs> in the one of, in one of the videos. There's a guy, and I'm using a blue vest. Blood. He looks. Dress. Oh, that that was Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the funniest part, right? Yeah, he said he was gonna take his hoodie off when Arsenal scored. United back and it got hot in there. Still, he, he said, "Yeah, man." Said, uh, if he see the camera panned in on him, man's forehead was in his hand. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, you know, when Arsenal scored the disallowed goal, they didn't score. You know, when Arsenal were in practice scoring at the beginning of the game. Yeah, like, yeah. Them man jumped on tables. Yeah, yeah. The Arsenal <laughs> fans jumped on tables. Oh I'm, man, I love it. I was like, yeah, man, great passion, passion and pass FC, man, passion and pass <laughs> FC. Well, I love man, it, man. Pass FC. Um, yeah, man. Let's let's forget about the pussies. We we got, unfortunately, we got a Europa League game coming up because of what happened last season. It's against Real Sociedad. Um. It's going to be the first of four games in 10 days. Um, so it's going to be quite a run for us in terms of stretching our squad. Um, what type of team do you think he's going to put out? Do you think he's going to give Casemiro and Ronaldo a start or is he going to go for a fully like, rotated side? I doubt Ronaldo's going <laughs> to... I think Ronaldo said, Look, if I'm going to stay, you ain't playing me in the Europa League. But... <laughs> but... I'm not seeing no Europe. He's like he's not seeing that. Like I don't watch Europa League games. I never have unless we get to like quarters, semi, not even quarters, semis or a final. I don't watch Europa League, so I don't expect the greatest scorer in the UEFA Champions League to come come and start his first match. Uh, Ten Hag is gonna go. Ten Hag is gonna tell him, listen, if you're not playing Europa, go go play for a Champions League. Oh, you can't. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I think Casemiro will feature. Um, Alanga will come in. Maybe Donny Van Der Beek, uh, obviously Shaw, Maguire. I think the, the the fringe players so far this season will come in. I very much doubt we'll see any of the young boys that are with the squad right now. Maybe they'll come on late on once the game is wrapped up, if it gets wrapped up. Um, yeah, there's, there's got to be wholesale changes because Palace, is it away, away? Yep. Yeah, safe. That's a difficult game. So we, we're going to need um, we're going to need our players, man. So I reckon there'll be wholesale changes, but I don't think we'll see Ronaldo. Um, I won't even lie to you. I don't know much about Sociedad this season. I know they've lost Isaac. Um, uh, who else do they have? Ma- Marina. Uh, or Yazabal as well. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're not that... They, they finished sixth last season, I think. Um... They are quite a they're a very defensive team. They don't score a lot of goals. Um very agricultural way of playing football. Um don't think don't think don't think it's gonna be a great watch. And um yeah, um 
there's not much else to be said except for hopefully we see. What do you think of seeing the the younger ones like Zidane and? Um, yeah, that's calm, man. I don't even care if we get knocked out of Europa, man. I think. Really? I think we need to keep it. We need we need to keep the Europa in case top four becomes a myth. Yeah. So, whilst I don't, I don't personally care about it for the goals and ambitions of the club and all fans, I think it's important that we don't get knocked out of that just because top four is looking hella unlikely despite yeah. these four wins because Spurs are there, Chelsea, you have to feel uh, can only get better. Um, and Arsenal, obviously, are still still top of the table. So, I think... Europa League probably needs to stay on the back burner and not completely be binned. So this is why I'm of the belief we won't really see the youngsters, youngsters, especially against Sociedad, who I believe are the second strongest team in our group aside from us. So I think there'll be changes, but I don't think we'll see the young bucks until we play um, the plumbers and the electricians of um, Greece and wherever else. Cool, and mentioned it earlier. We've got Crystal Palace on Sunday. Um, do you think that I'm not? I will. We'll see what um, Ten Hag says on Wednesday about Martial, but I doubt he'll even start that game. Um, even if he is fit um, for Thursday, I doubt he'll start that game, and I doubt if if he's not fit. For Thursday, basically for Sunday, I doubt we'll start. So we'll probably have to see him next week in the Europa League. Um, what about Ka- Casemiro? Do you think he will come in? Nah, not after McTominay's performance. For Palace, no, I don't think yeah. he will. I just I unless don't know. the only the only way Hog can twist and flip it is if he plays McTominay midweek and then Casemiro. No, I, doubt it, I doubt. Yeah. I don't think I don't. I, I, I'm of the opinion that we're going to see Casemiro midweek, like that. Uh, we're not. I don't want to read too much into that 15 minutes he came away, however long he got in that game. But it, he didn't look fit. No, he didn't. He looked crap. He didn't. But I think that was down to fitness. Yeah, yeah and, he, did, he didn't look fit. So, and also, like you said with Maguire coming into that game, it was quite intense as well. So I said that, you know, I think it went under the radar. I did say like that um, Casemiro, I get why he's not starting because of the intensity of the um, the Prem and particularly that game and obviously he didn't look fit. And those Real Madrid Nigerian fans cooked me. Fuck, <laughs> shit, bruv. They're, they're not there. They're just fucking ruthless, brother. Some of the things I can't even understand what they're saying, I just know they're being rude. <laughs> Uh, they they cook me they cook me but yeah he doesn't he doesn't look fit he doesn't look like he's caught like he's quite up to the I think someone has people only want changes based on profile like you have to look at reality yeah, yeah I think bringing him in and him having a poor game is probably going to be more detrimental to him than good so ease ease him in like most clubs easing their signings right it's just what happens so. I think midweek against Sociedad, who he's used to playing. I expect that. I expect him to play there and then probably get some minutes against Palace. Cool. Um, what's your? We're not going to do predictions for the Europa League. Uh, what's your prediction for 
the Palace game. Scrappy 2-1. To United. I think we draw that one. 2-2. Two, two. I think uh, Zaha scores. I believe we only lost there once. Last season, I believe we only lost there once about the past. Eight years? Yeah, we're, we record, don't. we're record breakers, man. Yeah. yeah. I see us drawing to be honest with you. I don't I don't think um I don't think we'll lose. I see I see us high, a two two draw. I think Zaha's gonna be a problem though. Yeah, he's 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 been in very good form. Um Olise's getting back in to the team as well. Um yeah, and they're, they're a good team. And they're doing all right, but um they are a team to sit back. So I do think it will be I don't think it'll be a great game. Um, because we're going, watching it. I think we're going through our ugly phase right now, so um, yeah, we're just re- relying on getting through games to, to win. Um, but yeah, we're, we're just going to wrap it up with some listeners' questions. Um, so fucking many today, by the way. Thank you. Um, I, I'm not going to ask all, all of them because I'm still drunk. Um, um, my we'll try to answer them on the um, some of them on the account, isn't it? yeah. My fucking the fucking mentions aren't working right right now, <laughs> but it's in, it's in the favorite, so we already answered that. Um, from that at the Niji guy, what were the panel's thoughts on Russian Bruno's performances? Um, this one's from Wade Wills. I'll, I'll only ask one what happens if Ericsson gets injured? The fuck, then it's hero ball again. Do you know what I'm saying? Martin is to Rashford, and let's go. Um, thank you, Wade Wills. Uh, Max 90. Despite the fact it's keeping Casemiro out of the team, can we at least find peace in having a manager who appears to pick a merit-based eleven? Yeah, 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 definitely, Absolutely. definitely. I think, I think it sends out the wrong message to drop McTominay after having those two or three performances he's had. So, because if you're going to keep Maguire and Shaw and a few others out based on how good their replacements are playing you have to keep that consistency across the pitch so yeah I think playing on merit only creates better competition if you want to get in then you've got to train harder and when you get your chance you've got to take it cool uh, this one's from Just Kuda looking at the Ericsson file what's the bigger problem in terms of uh, the people handling it or the process itself what do you mean? Say that. What's What's the bigger problem in terms of VAR? The people handling handling it or the process? I think it depends on who you are, really. I, I, if anything, I thought yesterday was brilliant. If you If you miss something completely and it literally leads to a goal, then you need someone to be able to look over it. And then they gave him. I think everyone used to complain about, oh, but let the referee to see it. I think they're doing that more where they're like, okay, we don't think it should stand, but you go check it. I think it's too much. I think football will always be a perception game, so there'll always be room for 
mistakes in people's eyes. I don't I don't necessarily think it's the people watching it. Maybe you can you can include necessities like watching things in real time. Because I'm not really a fan of slowing down every single thing. Sometimes you have to see exactly how it happened in context. Um, like just seeing someone's boot on someone's leg might not tell the full story. So yeah, it is what it is. Cool. Um this one's from Snicker21. Um from who? Snicker, Snicker. Yeah, next question, bro. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm gonna uh, ask one because he asked me directly. He was at the live show yesterday. Thank nah, you I'm for joking, coming. I'm joking. Big up you, my bro. Big up you. Um he he asked me why do I hate ballers that give us moments of pure distilled ecstasy like Bruno and Anthony? Um, what, what, how, what? Of culture. <laughs> how, how, uh, how, how did he describe them? What, is, what feeling does he get? <laughs> they are ballers that give us moments of pure Who's, no, it's not us, gives him. <laughs> gives him. No, but he's talking about like goals and assists, bro. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know what he's talking about. He's not talking about football. <laughs> so you ain't never seen a Bruno go and like lost it? No. No. <laughs> you gotta just relax to that. No, bro. I'm, I'm trying to think of one goal that that guy scored. Yeah, I, say those words again, Elijah. Pure <laughs> ballers that gave that give him moments of pure distilled ecstasy. Distilled Bruno, I, Bruno free, ecstasy. Bruno free kick against Liverpool. <laughs> no, but I'm not gassed. Distilled that, that ecstasy. Gassy. That wasn't gassy. Hey, but I think the answer, you? the answer to the question is, them are probability ballers, isn't it? So. You're gonna get like eighty percent of nonsense that's gonna piss you off, and you know this isn't football. But twenty percent is gonna work. Like I've always said, if I could take anything for Bruno other than money, it would it would be his confidence. Like he has a confidence <laughs> I've never seen before. You see me? I'm talking about like even when I'm playing with my brethren. Yeah, if I try a long pass four times and it doesn't come off three times, I start losing my confidence, man. I start yeah, definitely. About it, like oh, I should have played it shorter, man. Let me. I'm saying, let me play it simple until. Like, Bruno doesn't understand that. Bruno will play seven long passes. None of them hit someone. He'll he'll shout at the air and try the eighth one. Like I've never seen it. I've 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 never seen it in football in my life. So yeah, I think it's because you're a man of culture, isn't it? You you understand um you understand that these men ain't ballers, but when they get it right, it looks good. Yeah, but bro, distilled ecstasy. <laughs> no. my... Two words there. My my answer is just that um they aren't ballers that give us moments of pure distilled excess and I ain't got answer for that. Yeah. I mean people are like telling me you've never seen a Bruno moment and thought, yeah, man. No, I, 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 never. Think, Kugel, Kugel, I need you to explain to me what is meant by pure distilled excess. Just like I mean, super like, excitement. He was just excited, like, didn't it? Like like they get you off your seat. I'ma tell you yeah. now. I'ma tell you now. Pogba barely got me off my feet, and Pogba at his best is a fucking baller. So don't yeah. come to me about Bruno and Anthony. That's mental, but I'm gonna use those bars, man. I can't lie, you man are world class haters. I'm it doesn't matter who the baller is. No, 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 no. Look, look, I am a big hater, but at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's who I am. I've got to live my, my <laughs> truth, innit? I gotta live. I gotta live by my truth. 
I'm not a hater. I've never never been a hater myself. You're, you're a fucking liar, Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I can be I can be a hater though. I think everyone's a hater to some degree. I'm a hater. Nah, no, yeah, no. You, you man speak for yourself. I just no, I can't. no, no, Rodney. Now I'm gonna speak for you. You are the worst <laughs> on the whole touchline media group. You are at least top two. <laughs> this is across all the club pods, main pod. Pit stop track. <laughs> okay, wait, are we talking like goals and assists? Yeah, no, but brother, stop, stop. Bruno assist to Martial. Get no Bruno assist to Martial against Man City. Come on. Yes, I was gassed about Martial. Yeah. Hey, I need to holler that guy in here. I've got a, I've got a few bars that I need written and then I've got something, I've got something going on and. Got, got going on right now that I need to help with. Um, I was trying to write an apology letter. Yeah, definitely. He, <laughs> he asked another question. He said, should we be looking for an Ericsson profile rather than a Dion? So, essentially, a passer over a ball carrier. Hell no. Um, I don't want a team full of people that can't run just just, just one, twos, and come on, man. Bring me That's bring it. me both, man. What, what's going on? What sort of poverty is this, man? I don't know, man. Um, do I want? Uh, I think we've got. A f- we don't have many ball carriers. I'm gonna go ball carrier. Yeah, I think next to a uh, Casemiro, and we have good ball ball progressions in the other parts of the pitch, yeah. especially Martinez. Martinez, that one pass he played to um, Anthony on the volley. I was like, fucking hell. It's mental. Uh, you see that? That's pure distilled ecstasy. <laughs> you see? You see? Do you know what? Yeah, that you gotta sick in it. Do you know what? Yeah, that gave me more joy than anything Bruno has done. I like what? Yeah, I'm not even lying. I am 100%. not even lying. Ah, oh, you gotta sick in it. Hundred percent. I am not even lying. Uh, do you know one thing I like about you signing about like when we're talking about like Ericsson, Yeah, is I can see a profile like these look intentional. Like yeah, yeah. What I hated about Oli. It is every single player, it seemed like they were in there for their individual specialty. Like it, it didn't make collective sense. It was like you got Wan Bissaka at right back because he's great at slide tackling, Luke Short at left back because he's English and he can run in, dia- in diagonals. Um Pogba's doing these long but like everyone looked like like Oli said, Oh right, you have a special power. We're, we're building the Avengers, come through. But with Ten Hag, it looks like and literally the question perfectly puts it. It looks like when Ericsson leaves, Hag will say, okay, that ilk, this is like, you see what Ericsson was doing? Like, these things look intentional. Whereas I think when you have everyone trying to do their special move, that's when you can tell a team is coached. When rather than everyone doing their special move, you're, you're seeing collective um, uh, plays, and especially even if it's new players as well. And it almost looks symmetrical from the left and the right. We look like a well-coached team. So I think like we'll have those choices of, uh, do we bring a ball, uh, a ball carrier, or a passer? But I think uh, when when this team is complete, I'd say over the next two years, if Hag is here in five years or whoever's here, I think it will mirror whatever that team looks like at the end of next season. If that makes sense, if it, if it goes how it looks looks like how it's going. Cool. Um, last couple questions. This one's from Bank of You Smith. We have changed three of the back four and broke up McFred and immediately improved results. But do you think Ten Hag will be able to improve the players and us into a team that controls and dominates most games? 
that's the angle, right? If he can't, then he's failed at his job. So he has to, isn't it? Cool. I think um, he can, but we won't know. We're like five or six games in. Yeah. Um, and then last one from C Business Only, who asked four questions. So, I mean, yeah. Um, is it safe to say Eric Ten Hag has brought order to the dressing room and players such as Ronaldo have fallen in line and, and are starting to believe in the manager? No. It's really not safe to say that. I mean, it's four, well, six games in, right? And there are characters who have been questionable in their behaviour who are not playing in that dressing room. I'm predicting that if they get to three, four months of not sniffing a first team lineup week in, week out, they're going to cause problems. There's going to be leaks. There's going to be hella problems in that dressing room. I think the um, the lads are still quite fractured in terms of their, um, their groups that they're in, like Spanish-speaking groups, the English boys and like the... Whoever else, I think they're still quite in their own little cliques and stuff. So I, th- I think we haven't seen anything yet. But whilst you're winning, it doesn't really matter. Like if you're whilst we beat Liverpool and Arsenal, who gives a shit what Maguire or Shaw feed to the media, for example, or who gives a shit if Ronaldo's throwing attention? It's when you lose games that these guys and their behaviours come to the forefront. So I don't think he's he's really brought any order to the dressing room. We're just winning games, so. Nothing really matters at the moment. Like you can get away with most things in football if you're a winning side. So the, the acid test will come later on when these guys are three, four months deep of not playing any football and maybe we don't win a few games. I think you'll start to see things come to rear its ugly head, so to speak. But for now, I think it's too early to say. I agree. Word for word. Cool. Um yeah man we will answer the rest of the questions on the account tomorrow but i'll leave that up to the account handler he wants to do that because you're gonna have to listen to these questions and so yeah you're gonna have to listen to the pod and answer answer those so um good luck to you um (laughs) (laughs) again thank you for um everybody came out yesterday very enjoyable hopefully we'll do one again soon so i can drink again soon um (laughs) Live it up, man. Yeah, he's gonna be drinking by the weekend. Please, I'm a changed man now. Um, (laughs) Arsenal, Arsenal, before you see us again, please go on another run. We love ending your runs, please, man. Go on another run before (laughs) before Emirates, man. Yeah, but you love it. Um, Remember to use the hashtag COVID on the pod. And yeah, we will see you next week, bros. Peace. Sure. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. Only chance in my team like Man U. Trying to get in again.
Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Sports Social Podcast Network.